Poschen Bechor Achsanya. Person is supposed to begin by giving kavod to the person who invited them into their house. So the best way that I know to do that for you, Natanal, is to begin by sharing a teaching from the Zaydi, from the Holy Zaydi. Your grandfather, Zechir Tzadik Kaddish Lebracha, Zerah Kaddish, Rav Naftali Vrapshitz, is going to take us to a new place. He says the reason that we're not able to understand the secret of the Paraduma, Chaim, Baruch Atah Abinayil Hinu Melech Olam Shahakol Nebedvaro. The reason we're not able to understand the secret of the Paraduma is because we don't have access to the Or HaGonuz. And on the first day of creation, Hashem created, right now in the middle of learning Bereshis with my son, with Akiva. And it was so confusing for me to try to explain to him because we got into it real quick because I said on the first day Hashem created light and then we got to day four and I said Hashem created the sun and he's a smart kid so he said, wait, but Hashem created light on the first day so, you know, electricity, candles, like added. So we got into a discussion about the Orhaganas. And the Rapshitzer says, that the Or Haganos, which got hidden away for the Tzaddikim Lasid Lavo, is the key to understanding the secret of the Paraduma. And not only is it the secret of understanding the Paraduma, but it's really the secret, I think this is what he's really saying, it's the secret to understanding and being able to, to deal with death, which is not a simple thing to deal with, you know? Um, and there are different kinds of death. There's a death of leaving Eretz Yisrael and going to Chutz Laaretz, that some of you have experienced. There's a death of being in the week as opposed to being in Shabbos. I'll talk about that. There's a, there's a death, there's physical death, which is a very difficult thing. It's also, you know, we were, we were studying Bereshis, so I was trying to share a little about Kain and Hevel, and it's also... You know, I, I went with the Nitziv. I told him I was honest. I told the Kiva. I said, I said some of Farsham say that Kain killed Hevel accidentally. And I went over to the bookshelf and I pulled the Nitziv off the shelf and I showed him the Nitziv and I said, this Rebbe says that Kain killed Hevel accidentally. I was like, but almost everybody else thinks that he, he killed him on purpose. And he was like, he killed him? His brother? Like, he was, you know, death is like so final and it's so murder, forget about it. But death is such a heavy thing. And a human being in this world can't understand death we don't understand how it could be that a caring God, that the Almighty could create the world, as all the tzaddikim say, that the teva tov is lahetiv, the nature of someone who is good is to give good and to give. And yet death is so painful, it's such a, such a hard thing to deal with, kamuvan, it's even an understatement of the year to say such a thing. The Zarekodesh says that the secret to understanding paraduma, which means the way of being metaking death in the world, is through the Orhagonas, which is gone. He gives a, he gives a, a, a remez, Rashi already quotes it, that Shlomo Melech said, Chazal say, that Shlomo Melech was trying to understand the secret of the Paraduma. Pasuk says in Mishle, that Shlomo, Shlomo Melech said, Achakma mimeni. I said to myself, Amarti achakma. I said that I would become chacham, I'd become smart, I'd become wise, I would understand everything. But it was far from me. Chazal say in the Medrash, Parshish Chukas, that that's a reference to the Paraduma. 
that Shlomo Melech was able to understand all the mitzvahs. But when he got to the Paraduma, he said, At the end, I was only able to get to 612 mitzvahs. I didn't understand. This Indian of how you can be metaking death, how is it possible? How is that possible? To be metaking death. So, Zerakadosh says, Achakma, I will become wise, Vihirachoka, is the Roshetevos or, is the reference to the Oragonos. Achakma, Vihirachoka, is a reference to the or of the Oragonos. Achakma is Aleph, Vihi is Vav, Rachoka is Resh, it's the or of the Oragonos. Now, the Rebbe of Melech, Rebbe Melech of Lizhansk, explained that when Rashi says that Hashem took the or of the or Haganus and he hid it away for the tzaddikim la'asid la'val, listen to this amazing teaching, he explained that what that means is that Hashem took the or Haganus and he hid it away for the tzaddikim la'asid la'val. It doesn't mean that Hashem hid it away for the tzaddikim, that they'll be able to use it in the future. But rather, says the Rebbe of Melech, Hashem hid away the Or Haganos for those Tzaddikim who are called Tzaddikim Asad Lava. The category of human being called Tzaddikim Asad Lava. It's not that the light is hidden away for Asad Lava, but now, there are the Tzaddikim now, who are able to tap into this Indian of Olamecha Tir Bechayecha, of Olam Haba in Olam Haza, of living with a constant awareness of the world that is coming. Olam Haba. That's called being tzaddikim lasid lava. That's called being a person who's living, not for the immediate moment, in the immediate moment, but for eternity at every moment. Is living with this awareness of how does this moment relate to me eternally. So I always like to explain, based on the first Torah in Rabbi Nachman, in the Kutumaran, that Rabbi Nachman explained what the Oragonus is, really. He doesn't say it explicitly like this. But Rabbi Nachman is explaining what or is and what chachma is. Achachma v'hirachoka, or, or of the or of the oraganus. Rabbi Nachman explained, and we've gone over this a number of times, some of us, that the or of the oraganus is the difference between now, this light is on, and with light, a person is able to look around the room, they're able to see who's in the room, what's in the room, what's available for me to consume, what's available for me to use in some way or another. Is there a couch over there? There's a chair over here? There's food over here? There's a drink over there. And how light allows us to see what's in the room so that we can use all the things that are already there in the room. That's what Or does. Or Haganos takes one step further and shows us not only what is in the room and what can be used and you know, how it can be used, but the Or Haganos allows a person to look at the world in a way where they're able to see what everything in the room ought to be used for. It's different. Meaning a person can, can look at a table and say, what is a table for in the world? A table is for uh, lots of things. But when a person looks with that das, with that, with that awareness of the oragonos, then they see this table is here for the real This table was brought into the world so that Jews could sit around it and learn Torah and sing the Gurim to Hashem And the reason that Hashem created drink is so that we should be able to quench our thirst, so that we'll be able to go weiter and to continue to do it. And everything, says Rabbi Nachman, the or, which is the or of Chachm of the world, is that a person has to be able to use that or to see the Seichel Shebechol Davar, or the Skarev El HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Al Yideh HaSeichel Shebechol Davar, 
to use the seichel shabachol davar, to use the oragonas, which is hidden in everything, and to be tzaddikim lasadlavo, and tzidkaniyos lasadlavo, to be righteous men and women who are living in this world of lasadlavo, which means not living in olam hazeh, with light of this world, where I could see what I can use things for, but what should I be using things for? Imagine if every relationship we were ever in, we were able to see with the eyes of, what should I be using this relationship for? How should I be seeing this relationship? Imagine if every time I opened up any book, it wasn't just getting confused about having something to, cute to say, or, or, or you know, in, in, in any other way, kind of, you know, in wisening myself so that I can get a degree or something like that. But to recognize, and what's the degree for? It's to bring nachas to other people, to bring nachas to Hashem ultimately. So the Or Aganus is able to give us a sense of what everything is for. And death is no exception. Chazal say that Hashem saw the entirety of creation. He saw that, he, Hashem saw that it was Tov Ma'od. Chazal say Tov Ma'od is Tov Maves. That even death brings the world to a certain state. And without the Oragonos, it's impossible to see what that is. Any type of death, any shortcoming, any chisarn in the world is completely impossible to understand. Why would, a, why would a perfect God who wants only to give good to his creations ever create any situation of discomfort or dissatisfaction in his world? And here, the Zaydi says something a little deeper, a little bit later in the parsha, we come to this Indian of the Be'er. The Indian of the Be'er. So he quotes from the Ariya Kadosh that the word Be'er has the same numerical value of Havaya Elokim, with a hey, Elokim, but pronounced the way that's supposed to be pronounced. Havaya Elokim, meaning the, the proper name of Hashem Yud Kevavke plus Elokim. Havaya Adnus, Alav Dalad Nun Yod. Havaya Lakim, Havaya Adnus, the same numerical value as the word Be'er. It's Pshad. So I said that the Be'er is able to be Mamtik the Bor. There's a Pasuk in Navi that talks about how Hashem comes and speaks to the Jewish people with a little bit of words of chastisement and says to the Jewish people, You've abandoned me, a Be'er Mayim Chaim. Look what you did, you abandoned me, I'm a, a wellspring of life, a Be'er means a flowing wellspring that comes from the depth of the, of the earth that's been purified through the various different stratas of, of the earth and goes into an aquifer and then comes out through a bear, through some sort of wellspring. A bore is a dead pit where water is placed, where water becomes stale. And the whole goal of life is to turn every bore into a bear to flip every boar into a be'er. The tzaddikim speak a lot about this, especially in this week's parsha. the difference between a boar and a be'er. The difference between boar and be'er is the aleph and the vav. It's the difference between six days of the week and Shabbos. Shabbos is the be'er. Shabbos is the be'er from where a person can draw eyes to be able to see with the eyes of the oraganus, to be able to begin to look at the world in a way where they're able to see Havaya Lukim Havaya Adnus. What does that mean, Havaya Lukim Havaya Adnus? I'm just like throwing around the shameless of Hashem. So, of course, everybody knows that the shame Havaya, Shem Yud Kevavke, is a shame of mercy. It's the name of, of divine mercy. And the shame of Lukim is a shame of Gvura. 
And the shame Havaya again is the shame of Racha. And the shame Adnus is also a shame of Din. So, Rav Naftali of Rapshitz, the Chosigim is explaining to us that the secret of the Be'er is that the Be'er is what gives us the ability to be mamtik, the dinam in our lives. It's what gives us the ability to turn the shame Elokim and the shame Adnus in our life when we feel Hashem is being anadon. Ay, there's nothing more beautiful and also so painful when a person feels the adon without the havaya. When a person feels the weight of Hashem being their master without feeling that it's a master who mamish is like the kindest, sweetest, you know, it's, it's the level of, you want an adon and it's not uh, by accident. You know, Avram Avinu had a servant named Eliezer Avram Avinu Chazase was the first person to call Hashem Adon. No one ever called Hashem Adon before Avram Avinu. You know what that means? It means that Avram Avinu was the first person to call Hashem Adon. It's the first, Avram Avinu was the first person to be able to see that Hashem is my Adon. He's my master. But Rachman Al-Tzlan is not a master like America still trying to pick up the pieces of the type of Adonim that uh, had slaves, Rachman Al-Tzlan for a lot of years in the beginning. It's not trying to fix that, that nakuda. And at a certain level, if we are able to look with real eyes, then we should be able to see that, that those tikkunim that are happening in the world and the, the frustration that people are experiencing that with the, the adunim of old, the masters of old, and wanting to correct things in a certain way, l'tov l'mutav, that that's coming from a place of the world trying to figure out this. Hashem, it's been, you've been pretty, it's been 2,000 years of, of exile. And there's also a certain sense of, you know, wanting to turn Hashem into an Adon means to, to somehow be mamtik that feeling that Hashem is an Adon, that He brought certain pain into the world. And so the Paraduma, which I'm not going to explain because. I firmly believe that everybody sitting here and everybody listening here, if it's the year 2021 and we're spending some time in our day to learn a little bit of Torah and to sing some Nagunim, then we're tzaddikim lasad level. No question. Chaim Vital was already told by his great Rabbi Darizal that you're putting on tefillin in the morning. However, I know people who are, uh, I don't know, I can't speak for, for anybody sitting around this table. Or there's a cat in your house. I don't know if that's a, a house cat or not. But okay, good. Okay, good. And um, yeah, Yofi. And uh, and I don't know about the the Nashim Tzidkanios who who's uh, who's wearing tefillin who's not wearing tefillin. But you know the the Indian of, of wearing tefillin, wearing tefillin said Reb Chaim said said the Arita Reb Chaim Vital. It's mamish the level of Rabbi Akiva getting his skin combed off with iron combs. And that was in Tzvas quite a few hundred years ago. And so here we are in 2021. And I know people who live in my community. Maybe this is a time to do a little Cheshbon Nefesh for myself. Weekly Cheshbon Nefesh. What am I doing to ensure that they're putting on tefillin every day, these people? But there are people who live in my community, keep Shabbos, but they're just so, you know, the tefillin is like, that's like a big, tefillin's a big, we'll sing it again in a second. The tefillin is, is a big sense of like I'm shabbing myself to the Adon literally strapping myself with the Adon's uh, 
you know? And for them, it's like, but I'm tefillin, like, you know, I'm wearing, t- my whole life is one big tefillin. It's like, it feels so heavy on me. And to turn that boar into a be'er is like, that's the whole avoda, to turn the heavy hand of Hashem into, into a light, into an or. To be able to bring that light a little bit back into our lives and into the communities that we're in and into the lives of our friends to help them to be able to feel the tefillin are so, are so good. So good. The, the Imre Emes in this week's parsha says that Ogen Sichon, which is also we do battle with Ogen Sichon, Parshas Chukas. So it says that Ogen Sichon, he says that Ogen Sichon are connected to Tfilin Shalyad and the Tfilin Shalrosh. The Tfilin Shalyad and the Tfilin Shalrosh. In other words, Ogen Sichon are the last kings that need to be destroyed. Before, before we enter into Eretz Yisrael. It's the last stage before we enter into Eretz Yisrael. Meaning before we enter into the headspace and heart space and ge- physical geographical space of Eretz Yisrael, I'm running to this Indian, Eretz Alashan of running, Eretz Alashan of Anirotzeh, to be a Jew. The last thing we have to do is to kill Sichon and Og. And what does that mean to kill Sichon and Og? It doesn't mean to kill physical people, although maybe it did mean that in the year 2488. But we're now in the year 5781. And in 5781, what that means, says the Imre Emes, is that there's, there's something called the Tefillin Shal Rosh and the Tefillin Shal Yad. Sichon and Og are the malachim of one place called Cheshbon. Cheshbon means Cheshbon, the thoughts of the mind. And Edroi. The other one is, is Melech of a place called Edroi. Edroi is from Lashon Aramaic. Edroi is from Lashon of Zroa, of, of, of the arm. So the Imre Emma says that Sichon and Og correspond to the Tefillin Shayad and the Tefillin Shalrosh in Tumah. It's the klipa that stands before entering into Eretz Yisrael, the Tefillin Shayad and the Tefillin Shalrosh. Maybe this explains the anecdote that we've mentioned before, that Rehutner, he was very makbid, even though he didn't do all the mitzvahs again. I was just speaking to a, a dear chaver, we just went back to America for the foreseeable future. You know, definitely plans on coming back, but for a little bit. And um, we just got off the phone, we were talking, and, uh, and now he's on Zoom. And we were talking about how this, this famous Ramban, about, about how, you know, it's practice in, in America. And I, I was saying, since when is practice bad? Practice is very, like, practice is very serious. You gotta take practice seriously. That's number one. And number two, number two, other inyanim to understand of what the avoda is of a yid in, in Chutzlaretz, which is a big avoda. It's a huge avoda. It's a big avoda, Rebbe. It's a big avoda. And, um, but Rav Hutner, nevertheless, when he would come to Eretz Yisrael, he would put on tefillin again, even though he put them on already in the morning. When he would land in Eretz Yisrael, he would put them on again because he needed to put on tefillin in Eretz Yisrael. Putting on tefillin outside Eretz Yisrael is like a different thing. Maybe Dafka Tefillin, because this is the, like we just said from the Imre Emes, this is the counter balance to Sichon and Og, who are the kings of Cheshbon and Edroi, of the, of the head and the, and, the, and, the, and the arm, which is where we put the Tefillin. Because Eretz Yisrael is where a person begins a little bit, Paraduma's Meshayach in Eretz Yisrael. That the Paraduma 
this Indian of trying to bring Echakma Vihirachoka, Roshitevos Or, this Indian of the Oragonos, this ability to tap into the Be'er that the Arizal was revealing to us, the secret of the Be'er, which is Havaya Elokim, Havaya Adnos, that we can somehow turn Elokim and Alaftal Nunyun, these shameless of din, of difficulty, into something so sweet, to learn how to be Mahapech the machshava and the, and the arm, which we're subjugating to Hashem, which is a difficult thing. Which is a difficult thing, and people don't like for that to happen. No one likes to be told what to do or what to think. And, and to be able to do that in a way of revealing the be'er, the sweetness, the, the aleph of Shabbos, as opposed to the vav of bor of the six days of the week, is a huge avoda. That's the Torah that the, that the Rapshasar is trying to reveal to us. That, um, that the way, the way to, to deal with the difficulty and, and the darkness and any discomfort that a person ever has is to call Hashem Adon. To call Hashem Adon and to call Adon Hashem. To be able to recognize that the Master is the one who wants to give good to the world and the one who wants to give good to the world is the Master. And the two of them are Hainu Hach. This is Zos Chukas HaTorah. To recognize, like the Svar Makadoshim explained, Zos Chukas HaTorah. Everybody asks, Zos Chukas HaTorah should be Zos Chukas HaPara. Right? That's the first pasuk. Everybody asks, it's like a million answers to this question. Zos Chukas HaTorah. So the Svar Makadoshim explained, first saw this in the Sefer Torah Ladas, Rav Matz Blum, Talmud of Rav Pam, Sefer Tzalek of Racha. He said, Zos Chukas HaTorah is that just like the Torah, just like the, just like the, the Paraduma, excuse me, the Paraduma on the one hand, it's Matames HaTmeim, and it's Matar those who are, who are it's Matar those who are Tmeim, it gives purity to those who are Tmeim, and it's, it's Matame those who are already Tahar. And not only that, but Rashi explains that the Paraduma is this, what's the secret of the Paraduma? secret of the Paraduma, Rashi quotes from Chazal, is that let the mother calf, a para, come and clean up after the child, the eagle. That the eagle brought death into the world. The eagle is a cow. And let the para, which is the, the mother cow, the big mother cow, come and clean up after the child in the way of the world. Darkish olam is that when the child makes a mess, so the fathers are uh, taking a nap on the couch. The mothers are going to get up and clean up the, the mess of the child. And so the para comes along and cleans up after the Hegel. So in the same way that you could have, it's the same animal, the same para, same Hegel, this Hegel is going to grow up one day, maybe to be a para also. And it's the same animal that could be mamish, the, the source of death in the world. The Hegel brought death back into the world after we were temporarily relieved of death by Matan Torah. And that same animal when properly attended to and properly, you know, when, when we use the Oragonas to be able to see properly how we're supposed to use this thing. You know, I'll tell you something fascinating. The, the Targum says that the Paraduma had to be checked for all yud, Yudches Trefos. There are 18 different Trefos that an animal can be uh, subject to. And they had to check the Paraduma for all Yudches Trefos. So Jonas and Ibshit says... How, could, how are they able to do that? Because there's a Gemara in Chulin that says, it contrasts the fact that the, it says, the Nishchat v'Nisraf. 
about the Paraduma says the same lashon of the Nishchat and Minisraf, kind of like in conjunction with one another. In the same way that it was shechted whole, it has to be burnt whole. You can't cut it into pieces. You have to shecht it and then, and then burn it whole. Uh, if you're going to burn it whole, how could you check any of the trefos? Most of the trefos are internal organs. So, so Rabbi and Ta'ibshit says, that's the pshat in the Pasuk, that they, it says in the Pasuk, they would bring the paraduma to Eliezer Kohen. They would bring the paraduma to the Kohen Gadol. And Rabbi and Ta'ibshit quotes from a Tosfos in, in Masech Shabbos that he would be able to look inside and to see the paraduma with the oragonos, he'd be able to see if it had the Yudches trefos. Now, it was a magic trick. What that means, based on what we explained before, what is the Orhaganos? The Orhaganos is looking at something and seeing what ought this thing be used for? How should we look at this thing? What is this supposed to be used for? If he looked at the animal and it wasn't supposed to be used for the Paraduma, he would see with the Orhaganos, it looks like it could be used for the Paraduma, it looks like it should be used for the Paraduma. Just like when a person walks into a room and they see with regular light, they see there's a wallet on the table and they say, this could be used to buy me, uh, you know, to buy me, uh, I don't know, a Kit Kat bar. Look at that. But then they start to look at the Oragonos and they say, well, is that my wallet? Should I be keeping Chol Yisrael? No, I'm just kidding. Should, right? should, is that my wallet? Sh- you know, should, ought I, should I use the wallet for that? And looking at the Oragonos means seeing the world for what it's supposed to be used for. We look at the Paraduma and you see that the Paraduma is supposed to be used for the Paraduma. That's, you need to do that with the Oragonos. You would see whether it had all the trails because you would look at it and you would say, ah, this is supposed to be used for the Paraduma. Now, like I said before, just stamped so we can make a magic trick. No, but the pshat is, based on what the Rapshits have said, that the holy sword of the Paraduma is to bring this Or Haganos back into the world. Achakma Vihirachoka. Roshatevos Or, the Or of the Or Haganos, which got lost. That this Indian of the Or Haganos, which is wrapped up with the Paraduma, is what allows us to be able to see, and that's Zos Chukasatora. Because just like, careful to this, this is what the Torah Das says. Just like the same animal, that same eagle brought death into the world and grows up and becomes a para and is able to... So a person a person can experience in the past, maybe when they were younger, and every person sitting here was younger at one point in their life. You were younger uh, than you are at this moment. Maybe there was a point in our lives, maybe there are moments in our lives when we fall prey to the eagle and we're seeing the Torah as a sama mavas. Zos chukas Torah says Ramatis Bloom means that in the same way that you have an Egel, which Mamash brings death into the world, and then later it grows up and is the Parah, and that's the antidote to the death, so too the Torah itself is a Samachayim and it's a Samamavas. The Torah itself can sometimes, if you're not doing it properly, you don't have the right teachers, you don't have the right friends, you're not in the right environment, you don't hear the right Negan, the Torah can taste like bitter poison. The Torah lifestyle can taste like bitter poison, chas v'shalom. But when a person is able to, when a person is able to look with the Orhaganos and is able to see, like the Talmidah Baal Shem Tov said, that the Orhaganos was placed inside of the Torah and the Torah is able to once again rehabilitate us so that we could see and taste the Sam Chaim of the Torah, there's nothing sweeter in the whole world. Hashem should help us, we should be Zohar to it. Amen.
whole day, I was so delighted to see this Torah from the Redditioner this week. I don't know how I missed it before. It's teeny, you can, you can miss it, because it's, he has like several explanations of Zos Chukas Torah. And this is like a two-liner, not barely, not even. He says, Zos Chukas Torah. He says, Zos is, This is not like a, it's not a shaila. Like zos, it makes sense. Zos, chukas, atorah. So they're all, it's, all the words are feminine. So it's not like, oh my, why does it, it should say zes, chukas, atorah. No, it shouldn't. It's zos, chukas, that makes a lot of sense. Zos um, is, is feminine. And it's also, it's a funny way of like presenting something. And not only that, but the word zos also in the Zohar Kaddish, Zos always refers to the sphere of Malchus, which is also feminine. It's the Koch of Tefillah, which is uniquely feminine. It doesn't mean that men don't know how to daven, it just means that women know how to do it better. No, um, it, it's a feminine Koch that was brought into the world, not surprisingly, you know, in its formal form through Chana. Right? We learn Kama Hilchos uh, Bravrevos the Mishnah Brach, the Gemara Brachos. How many big teachings in Hilchas Tefillah we learn from Chan? And it learns, you know, you have to say the words, and you have to have Kavana, and you have to say it silently, and you can't do it drunk, and all these different, goes on for like a whole page. All these things we learn from Chana. Dafka, because Chana is a woman. Uh, and uh, this Koach of Zos Chukas HaTorah, so the Berditcher says in one line, he says, Zos Chukas HaTorah, is the chok of the Torah, and he doesn't say exactly in this way, but this is what he says. It's mamish there. He says, he says that the, the most incredible, the greatest chok in the world, meaning something which is inexplicable, like the chukim like, like which are impossible to understand, is the fact that we can turn the Torah into this feminine quality, meaning to say, that we can cause the Torah to give birth. Hashem gave us the Torah Shibuch Sav, and the Torah Shibuch Sav is perfect. The Torah is Hashem Tamim and Shibuch Nefesh. Rav, Rav Achanon uh, Wasser and Hashem Komdomo used to explain from his great Rebbe, the Chafetz Chaim. If you take, I, whenever I think about this, I always think about the salad my mother, it's not really a salad, but this, this uh, pasta salad my mother used to always make um, for like, I think I think back to this because I know she made it at the kiddush that she made for Rina and I when we were moving to Israel for my wife and I when we were moving to Israel it was like it was like but anytime it's like a and it's not like a staple of the Shabbos Weinberg family meal but it's like you know whenever there's like something chashuv should make this uh, what's the sauce like oh what's the what's the sauce like is it so so it's like a it's angel hair pasta like they're really thin <laughs> they're really thin and like. Uh, it's it's basically sesame noodles, but it's like a few other kind of vegetables in it and stuff. Now the reason why I always think about it is because you could have fifty people at a at a kiddush, you know, sending all your children to Israel, and you make this angel hair pasta dish, and you could have fifty people eating at it, you know, for like two hours at the kiddush, and at the end it looks like no one touched it because it's like, you know, what I'm talking about? It's like just mounds of, like there's always just like infinite. 
married spaghetti left over. It's just like Baba Sali, you know, like, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Shaila's roll bag, you know, it's like, it's just infinite. So I always think about that with this Torah, because the Chavetz Chaim used to say, Torah is Hashem, you know what it means, Torah is Hashem It means even if you would take all of the Torah that was ever said by Moshe Rabbeinu and Yeshua, and all the Nevi'im and all the Shoftim, and add to that all the Torah that was ever said by the Rambam and the Rashba and the Ramban, and add to that every Pnei Yeshua and everything the Baal Shem Tov said and everything the Chafetz Chaim himself said, we could say nowadays. And anything that's ever been said that fills all the bookshelves in the biggest base measures in the world, if you look at the Torah Shavich Sav as it is, as an infinite document containing the, the, the soul of God, it's still Tamima as if it wasn't touched. Torah Hashem Tamima means that even if you take out of it all the things that have been taken out of it thus far, it's mamish, like it's still tmimo. It's like the, the, the pasta salad is like untouched. <laughs> so the biggest, the biggest pella is that we're able to take Torah and turn it into this non-stop generating this koach of leda, this ability to give birth to something new. That's, what the, that's, that's the Lashon that the Kedusha Seva said. That that's the ultimate chok of the Torah. That zos is the Chukah Torah. That, that we can turn the Torah into Zos, which is this aspect of Chidushet Torah, of the feminine quality of being able to give birth to something new, is such a Pella. And the Holy Sod of what we're doing here, and what I try to do every Thursday of my life, as we're getting into Shabbos, in Yeshiva, mm-hmm. and now here, is that's the whole Yisod of this whole thing, is to not sit and like a regular sherry, like prepare my makomos, like source one, source two, source three, or it's just like, let the Torah generate, make the Torah, Torah, Siva, Lanu, Moshe, Morasha, Kilas Yaakov, Al Tikra, Morasha, Elamorasa. Turn the Torah into your betrothed. Maybe the Dunisuan also first, you know, have children after marriage, but, you know, but, um, but Mu'urasa, to turn the Torah into your wife, into your beloved, and to, uh, and to, to generate Chidushe uh, Torah thereby. And it's so chashav, and it's an avoda, the Svarim Kedoshim say this is an avoda for men and for women. Chidushe Torah are the, are the generating force of your, of your avoda Hashem. If you can look at a Pasuk, and you can see something in it that no one's ever seen before, it will give you life for years to come. Anytime you can ever, and do it on purpose. We were talking about Moshe Tzvi before, you know. My brother and I, many uh, uh, Shabbos, uh, when we were probably younger than everybody sitting at this table, you know, uh, we would sit in our house Friday night after the meal and open up a chumash and try to read it like we were Hasidic masters. Like, what is the Pasuk saying? What does Hashem want us to say? And, 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 you, and you grab at everything you have. Every Gemara you ever learned, every Shir you ever went to, every way of interpreting a word. And you try to come up with something new. And, if you, and you do it on purpose. You sit down and you say, I'm going to sit down right now and open up a Chumash and I'm going to say Chiddush. I'm not getting up to say Chiddush. Small, it could be small Chiddush, it could be something tiny. A question on Rashi is also a Chiddush even without an answer. You know, but to, to generate a Chidushe Torah 
means to turn it's life giving. It's mamish like the paraduma. It's like the paraduma, mamish. It will change your life. Fine.
What do you guys want to do? Any chumash. It doesn't need anything fancy. You just need to see the letters. Tanakh is even better. I'll also take uh, something that's open. That's not water. Sure. Looks like the only thing so far. Not, you know. Be aware of the size of the cup. Chaim, Yidin. Chaim. Chaim. Thank you for coming. Chaim. Ah. Gewalt, Miriam's death. Back to Miriam's death. Miriam's death is, I mean, Aaron Akoin also dies, you know, in the Parsha, but Miriam's death is like, it's very painful. Rabbi Nachman once had a dream. Rabbi Nachman once had a dream. Uh, very strange dream. I once spoke about this dream. Um, I think you may have been there. I think so, maybe. It was in Hask. I think you might have been there. It was a Parshas Chukas, because I always come back to it, you know, by, by Miriam. It always, always comes out a little new. He had this dream that there was a person um, who I believe to be Miriam. There's a person who was sitting in the middle of a circle. And there were just people sitting all around. They were in the center. And there was a circle. And around that circle, there was another circle. And around that circle, there was another circle. Lots of concentric circles going around. So Rabbi Nachman said, he was watching the dream from, he was standing on the side watching the stream. And this person who was in the middle was saying, unbelievable chidush Torah. Rabbi Nachman said, hot words of Torah. You know, there was like hot words coming out. And then Rabbi Nachman says something interesting. He says, and then the person got cold and, and died. The person got cold and died. That's a Lashon, he says. And all the people who were sitting in the concentric circles looked at two people who were there, Moshe and Aaron, in my opinion. Moshe and Aaron. And they said, you lied to us. Liars. I'm going to kill you. Uh, and these two um, very impressive looking people, Rabbi Nachman says, very impressive looking people, royal looking people got up. And they ran for their lives. And all the circles got up and they ran after these two people. And Rabbi Nachman says, and I ran too. I also ran to see what was going on. In my dream, I kept running. And they came to this palace and they demanded, they demanded that these two princes, these two people come out. To make a long story short, the princes come out and they run for their lives to... They run for their lives to this candle run for their lives to this candle. And this candle that's like, I told you it's a strange dream. There's a candle that's like uh, lit and this is there. And, and the people are very thirsty. The people who are running after them are very thirsty. They say, give us something to drink. And so these two princes take all of their mice and tovim, whatever that means, 
and they throw it into the candle. They burn it in the candle. They throw it into the candle. And out of the candle, pile plum, out of the fire comes a river of water. And then everybody starts drinking from this water. And a uh, little Stephen King, you know, imagery here, like brios, that's the last one now, is brios start coming out of their mouth. You know, like that movie with the guy with the flies and the mouth, and I forget what it is. I only saw the preview. You know what I'm talking about? It's like in jail, and like, wow. You know? So, so you know, uh, it's an old, old Stephen King novel made into a movie. I forget what it's called. And, um, no, anybody here? Anybody in the, whatever. So, mom? My mother's there? Nobody knows, okay. So anyway, so the brios are coming out of their mouth. And to get, it's worse. It's like the brios are not happy. And the brios go running to this terrifying giant who has a sword that has like multiple blades on it. Okay, we're getting to the end of the dream. Multiple blades on the, on the sword. And one of the blades says poverty. Another one says death. And another one says sickness. And another one says anything. You can make, all these blades and all these horrible things. And... Um, And they say, we want you to help us kill these princes, these brios, come and they, we want you to help us. And Rabbi Nachman says, and the, this, this terrible, terrifying, beastly giant says, they're nigzar lemisa, they're going to be killed. And Rabbi Nachman says, and all of a sudden, that like, you know, I got, that was like tremble, I started to tremble. And all of a sudden the whole dream like went like very quickly in reverse, like everything like went back. And again, the person was sitting in the middle and they got cold and they died and everybody ran after them and they, you know, they, they went to the, the palace and they ran out of the palace, they ran to the candle. And then Rabbi Nachman says, and I, I ran after them too and I saw. He said, and then this time, instead of throwing their mice and tovim into the candle, Rabbi Nachman said, instead, they just broke down in front of the candle and started pleading with the candle and, 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 and praying and begging even though we don't deserve it, please give us water to feed these people. The water came out of the candle and the people drank the water and the brios came and they went to this terrifying creature and Rabbi Nachman said, and then I heard a, a voice ring out that said, Elu Chaim, these are going to live. These, these princes are going to live. And I woke up from the dream. And Rabbi Nachman said, Chassidim, I'm telling you this dream because I want you to tell this to your Talmidim and to you tell them to their Talmidim and to you tell, tell them to your children, your children's children and this is, this is the story, this is the dream that's going to bring us to Mashiach. We've often spoken in these types of ways. So, it's hard to understand exactly what this whole thing is about. But this much we can tell that the Indian of throwing your Maisim Tovim into the candle versus pleading before the candle there's a uh, decent uh, resemblance to this Indian of Moshe Rabbeinu hitting the rock and bringing out water versus what could have been what he should have done, which is to speak to the rock. To speak to the rock. And this, I think, is very much the Indian of what we were just talking about. Miriam is, is, is this Indian of Marirus. And Torah Chaf and Rabbi Nachman and Kutumayran, Rabbi Nachman talks about the Indian of taking the of Tzor Levavi, taking the rock, 
and pleading with the rock so that it'll give forth a Maimel Torah to give forth a new Torah. When Rabbi Shem Baruchai came out of the out of the cave, and Rav Pinchas Ben Yair saw him, and he said, "Oily Shereisibika, like I'm, I'm that I see you in this way." He was deeply wounded by like burying himself in sand and malnourished, and "Oily that I'm seeing you in this way. And he said, he said, "Ashrecha, that you're seeing me in this way, because if you wouldn't see me in this way, you wouldn't have been, you wouldn't be zochet to the Torah that I'm now going to be able to give to the world." Miriam is the Be'er, the Be'er Miriam means the ability to turn Mirirus into Torah. Like my dear friend, like my dear friend Joey Rosenfeld likes to say, likes to quote from, from uh, the Rebbes of Chabad, that Pnimi Torah was given specifically to the, to the Mari Nefesh, to the people who need it the most. You know, it's only when you feel like you can't go on without it, that Hashem then gives it to you. And so when Miriam died, when Miriam died, anybody, including Moshe and Aaron, who would come to Hashem, who would come to the source of the Ner Hashem Nishmas Adam, that Ner Hashem Nishmas Adam would come to that chilek inside of themselves and try to bargain with themselves with their mitzvahs and maizim tovim, as opposed to really getting deep inside and seeing that there's nothing that I could ever offer Hashem other than to offer myself completely to Hashem and to say, give me a matnas chinam because I'm, I'm here. Give me a matnas chinam because I'm here. It was just, uh, just Gimel Tamas this week. And uh, I had a funny thought. I had it on Bayes Thomas. We had a Fabrangan on Bayes Thomas in remote. Big Fabrangan, community wide Fabrangan. And I was thinking before this Fabrangan, I'm going to share this, we'll sing another Negan. I was thinking the Bnei Saskar quotes from Kadmonim every month has a shame of Hashem that's connected to it. Thomas, it's not a very good one. First of all, the shame of Hashem is backwards. It's hey vav hey yud. Nisan, which is the best, is yud hey vav hey. It's forward. Tammuz, which is the worst, is chalta de paranusa. Hey vav hey yud. It's backwards. Not only that, but every shem havaya, right, because there are four letters in Hashem's name. So there are 12 configurations because the two hey's go with each other. So there's 12 different ways of spelling it. Hey vav hey yud is the worst. And each of those names have a corresponding pasuk. And in most Siddurim, I think even in some of the art school Siddurim, I don't know if every version of the art school, why, but in some... Hey Vav Hey is Hashem's name completely backwards. Mm. There's a certain negativity, uh, you know, entrenched within Hashem's name being reversed. It implies Hashem turning His back on us at a certain level. Or at least the appearance of that. So Hey Vav corresponds to Pasuk. Um, and not only... So most of the months... Correspond to Roshe Tevos, like Yudke Vavke, Yismechu Hashamayim Vesagel Haaretz. That sounds pretty good. The heavens and the earth should rejoice, are rejoicing. The Jewish people are being redeemed, like of Cook used to call the month of Nisan springtime of the world. You know, when the Jewish people are coming out of, of uh, there's, you know, the Jewish people coming out of Mitzrayim is a big deal. So Hevav Heyud corresponds to the Sofe Tevos, which already is also negative. Sofe Tevos is always less 
happy than Roshetevos, means coming to the end of something, of one of the worst people to ever live at one of the worst moments of their personal life. Corresponds to the Pasukov, Kol Ze Eno Shaveli. Kol is Lamed, so no. Ze, right? All of this is worth nothing to me. Who's that? That's Haman at the low point of his whole life when he comes to, Zer- to Zeresh and, and, his, and his entourage and he says, all the power and all the wealth and all the prestige and everything I've ever done in my life, it's all, and then a shovel, it's worth nothing to me because Mordechai is not bowing down to me. And right before he's about to you know, get whisked off to, to his death, it's a low moment, you know, and that's Talmud. So I was thinking to myself on base Talmud, what would happen Somebody who was one of the tzaddikim lasid level, like the Lubavitcher Rebbe, or any tzaddik lasid level, would have sat b'yechidus with Haman. What would they have done? And I was thinking specifically, obviously, about the, about the seventh Rebbe. I was thinking, if Haman would have came into the Rebbe, because the Rebbe met with everybody, Jews, non-Jews, everybody, if Haman would have come into the Lubavitcher Rebbe, would have traveled to, from Persia to Crown Heights, and he would have gotten his dollar, and then he would have gotten the, the you know, Rev. Label Groner would have been like, okay, we're going to get you in late tonight. Come late tonight. And so Haman would have come with his triangle hat and he would have sat down across from the Lubavitcher Rebbe. And he would have started pouring out to the Rebbe all of his tzars. And he said, I, Rebbe, you don't understand. You know, my life is worthless because I see that Mordechai the Tzaddik is... And Kedarko Bakodesh, like the Rebbe used to do often, the Rebbe would dafka take your exact words and he'd put a little comma or a little knech and he would turn the whole thing around. And I believe, with complete faith, this is the 14th Animamin for me, right now, that I believe that the Rebbe would have said to Haman, Taka, you're right. And he would have said, you know what it means? Kol Zet, and I think this is the Vod of Thomas, and this is what Rabbi Nachman was saying. You could throw all your mitzvahs and mice and tov into the candle and there's a certain level of, of death that's associated with that. Because when you throw all your mitzvahs and rice and tovim into the relationship with Hashem, and you say, look, my master, I, I did all this, and I did this, and I didn't do this, and here's the cheshben, here's the rap sheet, you know, of the things I did and I didn't do, and that's the type of relationship that you have with Hashem, then you're eating from the Zos Torah, the, the Sama Mavas version of that, from the Egel. You're not tapped into the Oregonas. But if you're tapped into having a relationship and you plead with Hashem, and you say, I just want to have a relationship with you. What I did, what I didn't do, what I am doing, what I'm not doing, I just want to be here with you. I want to taste life. I want to be alive with you. I want to live with you. So then, the Rebbe would have turned to Haman and would have said, Kol zeh You know what that means? It means, Kol zeh, anything that you ever did in your whole life. Let's say Haman was a big tzaddik. All of the Torah that you've learned and all the mitzvahs that you've done, and for you, Haman, you're more of like a business kind of fellow. All the wealth that you've amassed and all of the power that you've amassed and the prestige, and you went up and up and up in the society and you started as a simple peasant and now anything you ever did, ain't no shava li. It doesn't even scratch the surface of what you are, but mm. It's not that it's worth nothing to you. It's worth nothing compared to who you are, what you are. Anything that you could do, any mitzvah you could throw into this candle, is worth nothing compared to what you are. You're absolutely right. Kol Shavali means nothing that you do could ever compare to what you are. 
And once a person knows that, so then even the Malach Mothers can't stop you. Elu Lechaim. These are the ones who are coming to a place of life. These are the ones who are coming to a place of life. The bitterness of Miriam's death becomes transformed into an opportunity to, to be chased down so you can come to the candle and say, Rabbi Shalom, I have no, I have no bargaining chips left. I have nothing to try to give you as a bargaining chip. I just want to have a relationship with you. Is there any way we could do that still? And the answer is always yes. The answer is always yes. Shem is good. First, first say Chaim to me. You can ask a question. Chaim. Chaim. to you. Does it correspond to the bear? Yeah, because the bear Miriam hitting the rock. The whole thing. Right, because like we're talking about the air and board before. Like Dr. now that Miriam is dead, the bear like disappears and we have to like find it again. There's more. I forgot. It's not true. He didn't wake up after that. Okay, I'll end with this. He didn't wake up after they said, Eil Rabbi Nachman was also puzzled by this dream and he said, kind of a crazy, what is this crazy dream? So all of a sudden Rabbi Nachman said, he... I don't want to get it wrong. I think this is what happened. He, he, he walked into a house. That was, he saw a house and he walked in. And inside the house, there was an old man who was inside this house. And he was sitting there in the house. And Rabbi Nachman said, what, what is going on? What is this? And the old man grabbed his beard. And he said, my beard is the secret of this story. And Rabbi Nachman said, okay, now I'm really confused. So Rabbi Nachman said, he said, but what should I do about that? Because I don't know what that means. Your beard is the secret. So he said, you see the door over there? And Rabbi Nachman looked up and he saw behind the man, there was another door. And he walked, shalom, and he walked into the door and he looked and he saw that it was wall to wall to wall to wall, all four walls covered in books. And the old man looked at him and he said, see all those books? He said, every single one of those books is a parish on this dream that you just had and on my beard. And Rabbi said, he opened up the books and every page he opened it was a, was a parish on this. And he said, he started looking at this and he, you know, because that's the whole Indian. Anything you could ever learn, anything you could ever do and any Mishnah Brua, Sif Katan you could ever learn to how, what I'm supposed to do for Hashem as the master, as the Adon, is only so you can get to a relationship with Havaya. Havaya Elkim, Havaya Adnas, Be'er. Anything we could ever hope or aspire to do for Hashem, it's the difference between, this is what I was learning today, to go back to Akiva, my, my greatest Chavrusa at the moment. So, so, Kain and Hevel, we were trying, I was like trying to explain to him, like, I said at the end of the day, like we don't, I don't know, I don't know why Hashem accepted Kain's uh, Hevel's carbon and not and not uh, Kain's. You know, I was like trying, I was like, I don't know, like we don't know why Hashem accepts this and not this, but a little bit it has to do with the fact. Maybe I'll tell him tomorrow. A little bit it has to do with the fact that Kain offered Hashem himself. He he, heavy Hevel Gamhu the pasuk says. Hevel also brought a carbon, but so you can explain it. He also brought. But Hevel, Hevi Gamhu, he brought himself. He threw himself at the camp. It wasn't, he wasn't throwing in. Kain's like, okay, let's see what we got here. We got some, uh, we got some flax, you know, throw it in the, fo- like anything I could like throw at Hashem, 
I'm like to try to impress that I have something. Hevel said, I'm here to bring you myself and all these other things as an expression of that. But a recognition, the Kedusha, the Kedusha of, of being Mahapich Haman Arash's Indian, of everything is nothing compared to me. And everything that I could ever do is nothing compared to my, what I'm, my etzim relationship with Hashem could be if I just bring myself to Hashem. That's the Chukas HaTorah that translates everything from Sam Hamavis into Sam Achayim. So we should really be Zoha. I'm going to put one more niggin. Then we're going to say goodbye to our online audience. beautiful again this is from the words because this is one of the this is also an Indian of Shabbat Shira this week it's also Shabbat Shira so it began with a Nigan of Shira we'll end for the online audience with a Nigan of Shira also there's a famous uh, passage in Lakuta Maharan Rabbi Nachman spoke about the Indian of every shepherd having their own song Naomi Shemer wrote a beautiful uh, song to that. I'm to Naomi Shemer. <laughs> so David also wrote a depending on two words. Hey, hey.
Good job, good job, good job.